from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. All right, this is the Daily Checkdown being brought to you by Window Nation. So many things to talk about, man. This is a, ended up being a, a pretty packed day for yeah. a Wednesday in June, right? Mm-hmm. Talked about sports gambling. That's going to be now legal in North Carolina. We'll talk about that. Duke baseball, they're heading to the Super Regionals. We've got some college basketball to talk about and who's coming, who's going, who's not coming to uh, play here in our local awesome. area. Also, our local <laughs> Denver uh, Nuggets and the Miami Heat will be playing game three tonight. And we also have to talk about live and PGA golf. But before we get to the daily check down, something that's happening really quick. Of course, the air quality is, quality is bad because of a lot of the, the smoke and the haze coming from the forest fires in Canada. And we found out of some rescheduled events mm-hmm. um, in the sports world. And it looks like the White Sox-Yankees game in New York has been rescheduled to Thursday. Tigers-Phillies game in Philadelphia, that's also being rescheduled to Thursday. And the Lynx and Liberty game in New York City will be rescheduled for a later date. Also, NWSL soccer game up in New Jersey also rescheduled as well. So, again, a lot of these... Again, the air quality, uh, it's bad. If you actually it just if you go on Twitter and just look up George Washington Bridge, just the amount of haze and just from the smoke and everything, you can't even see across the George Washington Bridge that connects New York to New Jersey. You can't even see across it because of the amount of haze that's just out there. So be safe out there, people. I know a lot of people, when you look at the temperature outside, like, oh, it's only in the low 70s. A great day for the month of June. But, yeah, air quality is pretty bad. So, make sure you're, you stay safe out there. I'm feeling it right now, honestly, to tell yeah, you the truth. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm kind of feeling, I'm it, kinda feeling it. I feel like my throat is a little dry. I'm not going to lie. I'm feeling it a little bit as well. I'm, I'm thankful. I actually have a, a, a an air filter, like, fan and stuff where I live, which kind of helps yeah. in some of these situations. But still, I, I think a lot of people are feeling it right now. All right, let's get to the Daily Checkdown. I got five on. We're still talking about the merger of Live Golf and the PGA Tour. And DP World Tour as well. Um, uh, a lot of players now are getting a chance to kind of talk about this. We heard from Rory McIlroy, and he said he kind of knew something was being cooked up, uh, but he didn't think an actual merger would happen. And he also said he still hates Live Golf, Yeah. right? Um, but now to, to localize this, to think about what's going to happen in our area every single year. The Wyndham Championship is held uh, over in Greensboro, um, and that is when the PGA makes their annual stop in the state of North Carolina. The tour director, a tournament director, I should say, Mark Brazel, was on the Adam Gold Show earlier today saying where the Wyndham stands with the new restructuring of the tour. If you're talking about 2023, I would tell you that it's going to be business as usual. 2024, you know, with all the yeah. with all that's going on, it, I guess there could be something and you know, some curveballs thrown our way. I'm not positive. I, I think that if you held a gun to my head, I would say no. I think things will be pretty much business as usual for the Wyndham Championship. Will be that we would be the last event right before the playoffs and playing a critical role in who's going to be in the top 70 mm-hmm. and getting to go to Memphis. Who's going to be in the top 50? And this is the key, top 50 that gets to go to the BMW Championship. And that top 50 will be the ones who populate the elevated events the next year. Right. So that's a big deal. 
Um, and then they're always playing for big money, but they're always, they're also playing for that Comcast top 10 money, yep. which ends at my tournament, $20 million that there's a rumor out there that that might go up even more next year. So, so that'll be big if that rumor does come true. And if Greensboro becomes a place and that's something that the Wyndham championship was always searching for yeah. becoming a place where more people would decide to want to come play. I believe it was 2019, 2018 when Tiger Woods decided to come play at the Wyndham Championship. Mm-hmm. And that was everything in Greensboro. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh, because that's a, a tournament. People, a lot of people from here went out there. That's a tournament where a lot of guys can traditionally just uh, skip out on. Mm-hmm. And you'll have um, you know other players that you may not have really have heard of if, unless you're a golf aficionado end up winning the Wyndham Championship. Now, if that's made more important by this merger or just by the positioning it has uh, within the year, Maybe we see a lot more big-time golfers coming through our state, and that also is good for uh, our state when it comes to revenue. It's important here to me that these that these events that take place in our communities still continue to, to stand. For example, even the SASH Championship out in Cary is, a, is an event where eventually we're going to see some of these current golfers or some of these older golfers on the PGA Tour eventually going to find themselves uh, – on the and playing in the SAS championship on that tour, the Corn Ferry Tour just was at Raleigh Country Club this mm-hmm. week. So, the PGA has a pretty big impact on the state of North Carolina Absolutely. and what happens here. So, how this restructuring with the unification of Live DP World Tour and PGA, how does those impact those things here locally? Only time is really going to tell in that regard. Next. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. Game three tonight, 8.30, Denver Nuggets, Miami Heat, NBA Finals. Series tied at one game apiece. You can listen to that game right here on 99.9 The Fan. We saw a 111-108 victory in game two for the Miami Heat in Denver. Again, the, the, the series is shifting now down to South Beach. One thing that I would like to see if you're the Miami Heat, them continue to do, continue to attack the rim and make Jokic have to defend you one-on-one, bam, mm-hmm. out of bio while you're going to the rim. Because in game one, yeah, he made 13 shots at 26 points, but he had zero free throw attempts. He settled for a bunch of 14-footers. That's great, but you got to make Jokic defend you and have to go side to side, move laterally. That's something that they did in game two and attacked him in the pick and roll. Uh, the Miami Heat have gotten this far so far in the, in the playoffs without Tyler Hero, mm-hmm. uh, who's their still best out. best shooter. He's still out. He will not play tonight. But the thought process is that he could have come back for game three. Uh, and that's another three-point shooter that they could probably use, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, one of the things uh, for, for them, as you mentioned in game two, attacking the rim, but also getting some of those open shots uh, when they were attacking the rim and, and the defense would collapse. Uh, you also wonder – how Denver is going to react? Michael mm-hmm. Malone, their head coach, calling out their effort. Yeah, after game you're two, you're calling out effort in if the NBA call, finals. In the finals, calling out effort. So you wonder how that's going to have an impact uh, on their game tonight. We will see. Uh, that game tips off eight thirty. Game three, NBA Finals, Denver Nuggets at the Miami Heat. Um, you can listen to it right here on ninety nine nine The Fan. If you're not going to be in front of a television, I think. I think the series is going to go six. Here's the thing. There are a lot of questions about Denver defensively in that last game. You think Denver gets the series? I think Denver does. I just think overall offensively, I think they're just, they just have a deeper team. But I will say that 
there were some questions about Denver defensively coming out of game two. Now, even Mike Malone said, even though they won game one pretty handedly, they still didn't like overall how they played. To me, the ceiling for Denver is just higher because they have the better overall talent. And you can say they have the best player with Nikola Jokic, but I think the overall talent on that team, because of the injuries that you had mentioned, especially, again, Tyler Hero being out, I think the overall talent for Denver is just higher. The ceiling is higher because of the talent for Denver, Mm -hmm. but the heart of Miami is so much higher so far from what I've seen than what the Nuggets have. And it'll be interesting to see if the heart is going to outplay the talent tonight. Next. One, two, three. Trey Parker, an NC State commit from mm-hmm. Fayetteville, um, playing at Overtime Elite right now in Atlanta, Georgia. He has decided to reclassify. He's supposed to finish up high school this year and walk on campus and uh, start playing for NC State this upcoming season. He's saying right now, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stay at Overtime Elite another year and then come to NC State the next year in 2024-2025. That is very much so different than the situation that happened with North Carolina yesterday when their commit, Simeon Wiltshire, decided, no, I don't want to come to UNC anymore. I want to get my release and open my my recruitment back up. Two different situations. Two different situations. I think with uh, Trey Parker's situation, there's definitely a cog at guard. A lot of guards that NC State has to throw at you for next year, even with Trey Parker not coming in. And he's just waiting it out so he can have more playing time. More playing time also probably means more NIL opportunities for him, right? Um, For Simeon Wiltshire, same thing for him. This coming a week after Elliot Cadeau says, I'm going to reclassify up and finish high school a year early and come to UNC a year early. Well, now that's going to take some time away from Simeon Wiltshire. And he wants to go to college next year. He's not going to reclassify. Mm-hmm. He wants to go to college next year. So now he's going to go to another college next year. Different situations for those two basketball players. Still has to get his release from North Carolina from his letter of intent. Still has to get his release. He'll get it. I'm sure he will. He'll get it. I'm, I'm sure that he will. Uh, so there's still time to be determined on that. So it, Trey Parker, the situation again different. He's just coming in a year later. Now, who knows a year from now or some point in the middle of this upcoming season for basically a postgraduate year uh, at over at uh, Overtime Elite that he might decide to say, hey, you know what, I do want to go somewhere else. Mm. He might make that decision and try and get out of his letter of it intent. It is very for much so It's very much possible. Especially when, these days. When I was coaching, I coached college women's lacrosse for nine years. I never counted someone as a recruit until they were in a uniform on game day. I, would, I mean, I like legit because I actually had some players because in lacrosse, a spring sport. So yeah. we had to go through the fall semester. They practiced in the fall. They went through half a year and then all of a sudden they got super homesick and never came back. I've had that situation happen. I actually had players that practiced all the way up through the first scrimmage of the season. The first scrimmage before we actually got to game one and was just like, this is too hard for me. Mm. And le- so I'm like, as freshmen. Even though they went through fall practice and all that kind of stuff, they mm. they left. So I'm like, you're not counted in my mind until it's actual game day, not scrimmage or exhibition, game day, and you're in uniform. If I was Kevin Keats and a part of this coaching staff, uh, and if I really value Trey Parker and really want him to come next year, I am checking on him no less than twice a week 
to make sure he's good, that yeah. we're still in there, right? Because don't let him have an amazing year for Overtime Elite and get bumped up to a five-star and have somebody like a Kansas come knocking. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know how that works as his letter of intent and all that because he's reclassified. I'm not sure entirely how that works. He could get a release just like Simeon Wiltshire. Exactly. You never know. And reopen up his commitment. We know Tamp- his, uh, recruitment. We know tampering's a real thing. We know tampering's a real thing. By the way, speaking of uh, locally here in terms of college basketball, Dariq Whitehead of Duke, who's in the NBA draft, uh, this is according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, Whitehead, who had an initial procedure on his right foot back in August, underwent a second surgery at hospital at hospital for special surgery in New York this week. That Dr. Martin O'Malley called a quote revision operation with bone grafting for a fifth metatarsal Jones fracture. So basically, his uh, continue on. O'Malley said he will begin his rehab process in two weeks and should be ready for full participation at the start of NBA training camp. So it's a second procedure. Basically to correct the correct some issues with the first one. So now I'm looking at it, I was like, wait a second. He had that procedure back in August. Yeah. And it actually wasn't fully healthy, and he still performed the way he did. You know what? I don't – that was one of the issues with Grant Hill. If you ever read Grant Hill's yeah. book that came out mm-hmm. last year, we interviewed Grant Hill on our podcast, Culture State Podcast. It's on YouTube, 99 on the fans' YouTube page. That was one of the issues. He got some really bad medical advice at Duke. Now, not a lot of people get bad medical advice at Duke, yeah. but every once in a while something bad may happen with a few people. But And he ended up having some bad things happen, played on a bad foot. Things got worse over time, and mm-hmm. that's how it impacted his career in the NBA. Hopefully, Dariq Whitehead doesn't have the same thing. In the latest mock drafts by ESPN, back on June 1, they had him going number 26. One pick, one pick before the Charlotte Hornets. Second first-round pick at number 27. I'm curious to see... Who might actually be available there? Is it a Dariq Whitehead? Do we see a guy, for example, like a Terquavion Smith available at 27? Terquavion Smith is uh, projected to be a second From rounder. NC State. So, um, you know, he he should be available according to a lot of mock drafts and according to a lot of draft experts. He could be available. But then I think the Hornets also pick at 32. They have picks number 34. They also 34. pick at number 39. And they also have a, a third second-round pick again later on in the draft as Tra- well. Quavion Smith will probably be around for number 30, 30. You said 34? 34. He'll probably be around for that. So we'll have to see what, what happens with that. Next. I'm excited. And I don't even care who number two is. Duke baseball heading. Yeah, they are. To the Super Regionals to take on going to your hometown, Dennis. Yeah, and I hope that this team from the state of North Carolina crushes them. <laughs> Going to Charlottesville, Virginia to take on the Virginia Cavaliers. Um, Duke, the ACC team who's had the most super regional appearances since 2018. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, head coach Chris Pollard has done an amazing job with his team. One of the tough things about this squad right now is their pitching staff is a little suspect. But they have some sluggers on that team. Yeah including a guy by the name of MJ Metz. If you don't believe that they have sluggers, well, MJ Metz over this past weekend in the regionals in Conway, South Carolina, smacked away four home runs in the weekend. And, guys, he's playing on a torn ACL. Yeah, tours MCL late in the season. We have sound from this morning from MJ Metz on his reaction to his three home run games from this past weekend in the Conway, South Carolina Regional. This yeah. is what he said. 
I mean, it was nuts. I didn't even look at my phone. I remember coming out of media and Aaron looking at me and being like, dude, you're, you're going viral. I'm like, I, I, it, was, it was over my head. So, I mean, I've had a ton of people reach out. It, it's been awesome. Uh, couldn't have asked for all this attention. So it, it's, it's been cool, but obviously still focused on the task at hand. Hit 17 home runs during the regular season, and he actually had the big home run in the bottom of the first inning in that game against Coastal Carolina in the Conway Regional. This is back on Monday a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. They blew him out 12-3. It was 12-0 up until the top of the ninth inning. Coastal Carolina scored three three runs. But here's the thing. Mets in the bottom of the first inning had a solo home run, just set the tone for the rest of the game, and Duke eventually ran away with it. I'm trying to think of what his teammates, like, just – his teammates look at him saying, like, man, dude's going out there, torn ACL, and he's still going out there and producing. Like, I better step up my game. I got no excuse. That could be very inspirational oh, for somebody, especially if you are, you know, a fringe player who sometimes break in, breaks into the lineup. Maybe sometimes you don't break into the lineup, and you're really trying to show what you can do. This guy is playing on a torn ACL and doing amazing right now. Yeah. Uh, so you're absolutely right with that. But that same score, here's the thing, though. We set this with uh, Darren Vaught um, earlier this week on Monday. Duke needs to win like that, 12-3. to They need to score a bunch of runs a lot of times because a lot of times those closer games, those lower scoring games, mm-hmm. do, do not suit them. They, it doesn't fit them because of their pitching staff. So we'll have to see what they do against uh, Virginia. But they did beat the Cavaliers. Uh, twice this season, two right? Out of, two out of three times up in Charlottesville. First pitch for game one is on Friday. It's over on Buzz Sports Radio at noon. Our friend Chris Edwards with the call. All right, next up. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We do pretty much any of the utility spaces in your house. If you want to store things in your cabinets, if you want to work on things on your countertops, if you want to uh, have a floor that can get wet or muddy, we're the place to help you fix your home up. We are the Designery North Raleigh, located at 3030 Wake Forest Road in the Holly Park Plaza. We would love to see you or visit our website at thedesignery.com. Radio at noon, our friend Chris Edwards. With- of all the news and stuff happening here, Chris, today, of all the news happening, the North Carolina House has concurred with the North Carolina Senate and the sports gambling bill that was, po- that was voted on last week. Voted on twice by the Senate last week. It was initially initially went through the House back in May. The Senate made some tweaks to the bill. They had to vote on it twice because it is a source of tax revenue, sports betting here in the state of North Carolina. Had to go back to the House because of the re- there were revisions made. The North Carolina House said, you know what? Everything looks good. They voted on it twice, accepted it, voted on it, concurred it. Now it goes to Governor Roy Cooper who in the past seems to be on board with, hey, sports betting being legal here in the state of North Carolina. So now it's on the desk of Roy Cooper. He has 10 days to sign it into law, Roy Cooper does. And when he does that, at the latest, at the latest 365 days after he signs that bill, sports betting will be legal in the state of North Carolina. Now, again, there's going to take time for it to actually happen. All right, that's something to keep in mind, Chris. Yes. Just because it gets signed into the law doesn't mean it's going to be effective immediately that you can start betting in the state of North Carolina. The target date, January 8th. That's a good day. 
January 8th. That is the day of the college football national championship game. It's also the day I met my wife. You got married on the 9th. Interesting. There's was a whole a, story behind was that. Was this a Vegas thing? Like, no. like did you meet her like the next day, okay? Like No. Got married? Uh, we got we were supposed to get married on the eighth. Uh the wedding date was set for January eighth. Yeah. And then we got married in Florida. And then there was a big cold snap that went through New York. So the plane that was supposed to go from New York City to Bermuda to get pick up her family. Yeah. Because she's from Bermuda to come to Florida was delayed oh. because of the cold weather. Really? And because it was a small wedding. We had to go to the chapel and say, hey, are you guys booked tomorrow? No. Can we move it back to tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> so her family can make it, and their family made it that day. So we we consider January 8th uh, our anniversary as well. So we have two anniversary dates. Man, back-to-back. You got to do gifts on back-to-back days, Chris? Nah, nah, nah. You doing dinners back-to-back nah, days? Nah, 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 I mean, if you're celebrating twice, you got to do it twice. Nah, 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 nah. I mean, maybe when I get rich or something like that. Maybe okay. So. But right now we need to budget. 